Oh, boy, here we go. It is Friday, and we are limping to the finish line here on the 49 because the stretch dog is getting sick. And I am hopefully going to get some sleep and then get better. I, I have a way of doing that myself. I don't know. Everybody kind of knows their own body. I tend to start feeling like I'm getting sick, feel something coming on, and then typically I will sit down and sleep for like 12 to 14 hours, and then bam, I am all better. I am all ready. I have shaken it. And it feels like it's just a cold, no flu, no COVID. So I am good. I am ready to roll. I will be here on Saturday for the Supercross coverage with myself and Numbnuts 1, Numbnuts 2, and Numbnuts 3, also known as Moto Man, Jason from HYR, and Bookie Kyle. That is what is happening. I have to change Kyle's name, though, again. He's LBC Kyle. He's Bookie Kyle. He's Coors Light Kyle. He may be Cheater Kyle. He may be... Uh, uh, performance enhancement Kyle soon because he's cheating with an 8-year-old picking his picks and he's beat everyone three weeks in a row with an 8-year-old doing picks. I'm not kidding. How much do we suck? Man, I'm horrible. It's like I'm Daniel Blair or something. Heaven help me. I uh, Today, by the way, shout out to everyone in the moto world because... We are going to warm it up. This is what we do here on Fridays on The Stretch Show. We get the entire 250 podium. We're going to start off with Hunter Lawrence. Now, he was the third-place finisher. And then after Hunter, we are going to go and replay the Nate Thrasher interview, if you missed that. And then after Nate Thrasher, we will talk to Mr. Jordan Smith. I, I love the Jordan Smith story this year. The guy got a lot of, like, trolls, like Moto Man. Uh, who were like, dude, why are they getting Troy Ham on the Star Racing Omaha team? He's over. And then the guy's had some ups and downs and some injuries and some heartbreak. He's a damn good rider. Then you put him on a damn good motorcycle like the Star Racing Yamaha, and he's right back on the podium two out of three races this year. He did have the one where he didn't finish in, I think, Tampa. And we'll talk to him about all of that, but... The guy's been through a lot. He's a good dude. All these dudes are, man, they're good dudes. And I really, really like these guys. So it's just cool to see them do well and see all of the hard work that they have put into their their entire young lives have prepared them for these moments that we are witnessing, you know, right here on television and right before our very eyes. And to see, you know, it pay off, it is awesome. And there's other guys that it will never really pay off. The payoff was just getting there. It's just like any other sport. There's some people that like, dude, if you could get to play college level on any college team, that is the biggest victory you'll ever have. Other guys, you got to get, I made it to the NFL. And then it's like, well, all right. Then other guys, it's like, no, I got to be a Pro Bowl player. No, I got to be this. It's, you know, levels of achievement and just seeing everyone's journey and following it along is really, really cool. And we've got three guys that we will talk to today as they are uh, at the top of their game if they are sitting on the podium in a Supercross event, let alone a Triple Crown, which was pretty gnarly last weekend in Arlington. So we got all of that coming up on the show today. And then outside of just moto on top of moto on top of moto, we're going to do... I have a story that should be alarming. Did you know there's Nazis amongst us? I'm talking Nazis. That's what I'm talking about. Nazis. My grandfather killed Nazis. He went over to Germany and slaughtered them back in World War II because my grandfather was a great American hero that fought for the great American United States Army. And he was on the front lines when they went in. I got a great... I'm going to talk more about my grandpa after 
we get into this story. But these are American Nazis, and they're right here. The story is out of Fresno. I promise you probably haven't heard about it. And it rolled all the way down here into Southern California out of Fresno. And it's alarming to me. It's very, very alarming. There's, they were domestic terrorists, basically, is what it sounds like. Gonna get into that story that the rest of the media, for whatever reason, isn't telling you. I'm surprised they didn't find a way to link it to Donald Trump, and then they would have told you about it. Um, outside of that, I have stories I didn't get to on the show yesterday, like the Loch Ness monster sighting. I didn't get to, and I got the the guy that, well, he's straight out of Florida, and a Buffalo Wild Wings. That sounds like a party, doesn't it? And then I got a problem. The Big 49's going to war with Canada. Ooh, you know what? Let's do this. We're going to talk to Hunter Lawrence. After that, strap up, Canada, because the Big 49's going to have to battle you. And I know we got a lot of listeners in Canada, and I love Canada, but we're going to have to fight. It's time, because you're going to cut into my business plan. It's the Big 49. Big, big, big. big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Remember the movie Home Alone when the little kid Kevin was home all by himself and he set up a bunch of traps when some bad guys came to rob his house? Well, that's what Ricky Carmichael did this weekend in Daytona. They let Ricky design the track. It is the Ricky Carmichael design track, and he set up all kinds of fun little things that are going to be a massive pain in the ass for anybody that comes into his little track. Mainly, I'm looking at the sand section. It is a straightaway of whoops with a 90-degree turn followed by another straightaway of whoops. And dudes are going to be eating crap everywhere and getting collected. And Ricky Carmichael's going to be up in the announcer's booth laughing his ass off like little Kevin in Home Alone. Ricky Carmichael, I want you to know these dudes hate you. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49 in his stretch, and right now we are sitting down with Mr. Hunter Lawrence from the HRC Honda team, the dude with the red plate in the 250 East group. And on the podium tonight, Hunter, and that is a damn good thing because you hold on to the red plate. But it didn't look like you were going to get up there. You had a spill. You Let's talk about the, about the, the crash. When, when you went into the, I believe it was the second race, when you go into the first turn, you go down, and then you come all the way back into podium potential for that, and it really salvaged your night. So I, I know it's your job to race and to ride hard and to want to win, but that was an impressive ride. Walk us through that a little bit. Yeah, it's uh, it's obviously really cool when you're under a bike in the first turn and, and you get back up and, and thankfully the bike yeah. was good enough to finish the race. My clutch was, okay. uh, the bracket broke, so yeah. I didn't have any clutch, so it was just don't stall it was first priority and then obviously don't push and make, you know, a bonehead mistake and then be worse off, you know, so yeah. just kind of damage control and just bring it home <laughs> honestly uh, and great job you did absolutely that end up on the podium tonight but what was it that caused that that crash for you in that turn right there when that did happen uh i was sitting pretty good actually just kind of yeah. just behind jordan going in and then yeah um just kind of ran out of real estate i guess like okay. nate come in yeah. um in front of him and then obviously he had to turn tighter and right. i was kind of just a little bit pinched um so yes yeah, kind of <laughs> about it really and then obviously there's a bunch of other guys coming through and then i think yeah. max uh hit my bike pretty hard lucky i didn't get hit but yeah. um 
yeah, just ran out of real estate. Now, uh, let's talk about the cross jump or not cross jump. What do you think happened there when you guys are going across the bridge? I know uh, we have your brother up there on the call, and he's calling out Nate saying he's riding like an idiot. But how did you see it? You were on the track. Uh, was that a cross jump or not a cross jump? Just racing? What happened there uh, coming over the bridge in that heat? Uh, just kind of how the race line went. Um, there was a guy in front of Nate, and which I wasn't really focused on, and just kind of, yeah, how it went. I think it, right. it kind of was best-case scenario of what, what could have been worse. So, um, yeah, just uh, if I had a whole shot at it, it probably wouldn't have happened. Yeah. So just uh, got to be better at starts. All right. That, that makes good enough sense for me. Now, <laughs> it's easy enough. Sure, I just got a whole shot to race, and then uh, those things won't happen in the turns. Uh, let's talk about the Triple Crown format in general. Uh, are you a fan, not a fan? You were dominant so far in this series, and then tonight – you're still on the box. You had an impressive ride, but what do you think? Triple crown? Yeah, no? Oh, I mean, you can't make them go away. They're part of the series. It's <laughs> what you got to do. You know, yeah. to win a championship, you got to go through them. Um, the only... Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's uh, a rough deal. I mean, we, yeah. we had a bit of luck on our side last year, and, and yeah, yeah, who knows? Maybe it's uh, kind of between the lines positive, you know? <laughs> like yeah. the guys that uh, couldn't win them last year, they ended up with championships, so... You know, hopefully it can keep trending in the right way how we started the season. Now, uh, it, and we're having a good damn race. You ended up on the box, and like you said, at one point you started one of the main events with a motorcycle on your back in the first turn, and then you end up on the podium for that in particular race. So that was a damn good finish for that one, and you rode pretty awesome, as a matter of fact, all night. And the fact that you're on the podium right now is a testament to that. But these Triple Crowns are a grind, and they are wearing people down a lot of people would just assume not have them in the race. Just assume like, you know what, let's just race, you know, like we always do with some heat races and a main event, and it is what it is. If you could get rid of them, would you? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's probably going to seem a little uh, biased. I'm not a fan of them, regardless yeah. of my results tonight. Even last year when I won, it was kind of yeah. it's kind of weird. You know, outdoors you do two races, so it's kind of like three. Yeah. It's like after the first one, you're like, okay, no, you go again and stuff. But I don't know, I don't... The 10 minutes, it's like, it's not long enough to where, you know, the guys that really putting in the hard work in the off-season, it goes into the endurance tank, yeah. and it's just kind of like qualifying laps, like a sprint, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of prefer main event, you know, because the track breaks down, it's, you know, it kind of, you have to show, I think, more, you know, use more of your tools in your belt, you know, all yeah. the stuff you work hard on, and that's just my opinion. Um, I'm sure for the people watching the stands, it's awesome. They get to see us race longer <laughs> yeah. and see wild stuff. So, And wild stuff tonight. Uh, Hunter, once again, seriously, a great job getting on the podium and salvaging something out of well, what could have been bad. You, you avoided disaster in, in the little cross jump there uh, situation that you had with Nate. You looked like you were done in that first one when you ended up down in the first turn and got back up and still managed a podium in that one. It's a damn good night. It's, and riding like that is what wins a championship in my eyes, and I think you might have just done that tonight. What do you think? Hopefully. Huh. Hopefully. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, you, you can definitely say that, but, um, yeah, we're still a lot of racing to go, so yeah. just go back, work to be better, and... and you know, look forward to next weekend. That's the beauty of it. Get to go again. All right. Well, we look forward to seeing you in Daytona, which is a whole nother breed of um, Supercross racing compared. You got the Triple Crown, and now you're going right into what's basically an outdoor track. I know uh, you really like the outdoors, and you do well there. So 
I anticipate talking to you again next week at the end of the race up on the podium in Daytona. Thanks for taking the time, Hunter. We appreciate it, man. I am stretched. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. The man urged. Oh, man, remember that little fat kid, Honey Boo Boo, the redneck that they used to feed like a pound of sugar every day for breakfast? Well, now she's a big-ass redneck, and Honey Boo Boo was in the car with her boyfriend. His name is Draylen Craswell, and her real name, by the way, is Alana Thompson. Well, she was in the car. Apparently, he did something while he was drunk, so he tried to run from the police. They had a little police pursuit. They pulled over. They took Mr. Carswell in and uh, released 17-year-old Honey Boo Boo to herself, I guess. And they took the Dodge Charger that he was driving to because, well, he was drunk and stuff. And he had a miner in the car with him, which was Honey Boo Boo, a celebrity miner. Don't you be hurting Honey Boo Boo, mofo. The mom of former boy bander drug addict Aaron Carter is now saying his death was no accident and it was not an overdose. They say he huffed himself to death. And she says there's no way that happened after she looked at the crime scene photos. She says people were out to get him. I don't know if it's the Illuminati or what, but his mom is not buying that he overdosed and died. She said, sure, he was a drug addict, but he didn't want to die. Yeah, they never do. They just happen to accidentally kill themselves sometimes. I think Miss Carter should get over it. No one was after Aaron freaking Carter. He wasn't that important. Man, Argentina is freaking gangsta. A grocery store owned by family members of soccer star Lionel Messi got shot up by some hooligans that rolled up on a motorcycle in the middle of the day, and then they left a message and said, Lionel, we're waiting for you. So... Looks like he's got some bad blood with somebody and they want to take him out. The Man Entertainment with Stretch. Big 4-9. It's a Stretch show. Right now I gotta take a page from my homie Rick Ross. That's my dude right there. Every day I'm hustling like Rick Ross. Used to be a popo, now I'm just slanging Kalos. That's what I'm talking about, Rick Ross. That's where we're going on the 4-9. Everybody knows that's the backup plan. Everybody knows if things don't get massive, we don't make piles and piles of money like warehouses of money. Big Four Nines got to start slanging cocaine. And that's what we're going to have to do because we're going to keep it on the tracks. That's how we're going to roll. Yeah. Rick Ross taught me how to do it. I'm like, yo, Rick, what's up? And every day I'm hustling and I got to keep hustling and I got to keep making dollar dollar bills. And that's what it's all about. Screw this being a prison guard. He was a prison guard. He, he was like a popo that became a slanger. And now he's a rapper slash slanger. Every day he's hustling. Roll around Miami and his Bentleys and stuff. He's gonna come to LA and bro down with the big stretch on re. And be like, what up, stretch? How you moving your product? You got some Bentleys, some Benzes, some G-Wagons? I'm like, no, I got a Honda 70 and that little bald dude right there with the backpack. His name's Moto, don't touch him, he bites. He'd be like, y'all MFers doing it quite different. But I guess the idea, trying to not get caught, not gonna be moving it with UPS or FedEx, not trying to move it on pallets. I'm slinging Kalos. I'm not shipping tennis shoes. That's what Rick Ross told me. Now I gotta tell you, we are we got a competitor and we're gonna have to step up. And this is this is hard for me to say because I really, really, really love Canada. I don't know if you guys are aware, I was on SiriusXM for a long time and I got a bond with the Canadian listeners when I was there because they were just cool as F 
They were cool ass dudes. At heart, I am a redneck. I am from the great state of Alabama and I represent to this day, although I grew up in Los Angeles. My whole life I've been in Los Angeles just about. And I love it, but I'm, I'm an Alabama dude. I don't sound like it, but I am. Buzz sounds like it, but I do not. And now, here I am. I'm at odds with my Canadian homies, my Canadian bros. I know what we're going to do. I got to ask Rick Ross. I got to pick up the phone. I got to be like, yo, Rick Ross, what am I going to do? This was a homie, and now they're stepping in line. They're trying to get into my cash flow. Canada's lost his mind is what's happened. I know a lot of Canadians are not happy about this. So they were the first country in our hemisphere to just say straight up legal weed federally. It's it, the whole country. Weed's just legal. Smoke it up, people. Get your ganj on. And that's cool. I don't have a problem with that because I ain't moving marijuana. That's small-time potatoes. I'm talking about cocaine. Well, guess what? Canadian cannabis company based in British Columbia has now gained approval to possess, produce, sell, and distribute cocaine, MFR. Cocaine. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, hells no. They're getting in my lane. Stay in your lane, Canada. Uh-huh. Rick Ross, hold me back. I'm about to get crazy on some fools. Yeah, a company called Adastra Labs, located in Langley, British Columbia, they sought approval from Health Canada, and they got it. February 17th, they now are allowed to possess, produce, sell, and distribute cocaine and hallucinogenics. Canada's lost their mind. They're like legalizing everything. I don't know what they're doing. I'm stretch rolls up there with Rick Ross and Mono Man, and we're going to be throwing down. And I, the, the, I assume at some point the Mexican drug cartels are going to have a problem with this. Yeah, this doesn't sound safe. doesn't sound safe. And the amended license uh, for their marijuana dispensary now allows them to interact with up to 250 grams of cocaine to import coca leaves to manufacture, synthesize, and make cocaine. Now, they go into this bull, crab, dog, and pony show that harm reduction is critically important and mainstream. And we're staying at the forefront of drug regulations across the board. You suck it, suck it, suck it. Yes, like a cocaine. There's nobody out there that gives a crap about the consumer with yes, like a cocaine. Yes, like a poison. And you're killing people and you don't care. That's why we're cold-hearted drug dealers. That's what we are. We slang. Canada. Canada got in my lane. I don't know what is happening. They're cutting into my profits before I even start slanging. Yeah. And on the heels of this announcement, there's another company called Sunshine Earth Labs. Yeah. You think of what they sell in organic foods? No, they're slanging cocaine too in Canada. I don't know what's going on. Health Canada's issuing licenses like they're going out of style for people to make cocaine. And sell it in Canada. I don't know what is happening in Canada. The Great White North is truly the Great White North. It's snow on the ground everywhere, and it's not snow, it's cocaine. I know what we're gonna do. We gotta strap up, Moto. We gotta get on our Honda 70. We gotta, we, I was thinking we're gonna go down south of the border. We're gonna make some friends. We're gonna drink some, some Coronas, the little nipple ones, at the bar, in a bucket. And then we're gonna load up the 70 in the backpack, and then we're just gonna bounce out across the border, roll back into the East Valley of Los Angeles, going all the way through the desert up upon the mountain trails. That was the plan. Now we may have to pop, load up the 70, put it in the back of a truck, and then drive it up to Canada, sneak across the border up there, and whoop some fool's asses, because they're getting in our way. 
Canada, what are you doing? Can't be getting in the way. We're bringing Rick Ross with us, too. That's what we're doing. That's how serious we are. He's going to get up there and be like, yo, who's the crazy white fool's up here slinging yayo? That's what he's going to ask. And they're going to be like, oh, this guy, this guy. Everybody's got a permit for it. We're like, what the hell? Maybe we just pack up the operation of the Big 49 and we bring it to Canada. We'll sit down right there in Canada. We'll ride snowmobiles instead of dirt bikes a lot of the time. Ride dirt bikes in the summer. We'll ride snowmobiles in the, in the winter. And we'll slank all high year-round. That's what we'll do. They say they have no idea how this might impact consumers, and a lot of people up in Canada are not happy about it. And neither is Stretch right here in Los Angeles, California. British Columbia became the first province to decriminalize small amounts of controlled drugs. Yeah. Some control. I, I'm not kidding. They got tripping stuff, too. They got, like, like mushrooms and trip-out drugs and MDMA. All that's all legal. British Columbia gone crazy. They're slanging drugs everywhere. Man, I don't know what I'm going to do. But, oh, man, load up the 70. I'm going to go crazy on these fools. I'm going to roll up there and have a talk with Trudeau. Be like, what's up, homie? How you getting in my lane? Better keep your yayo north of the border. You come down in America, we're going to have a problem. I got you. I'll turn Moto Man loose on you. What I'll do. What the hell? I love Canada. Canada's awesome. But what the, what is happening to my friends up there? Hit me up. Let me know. Call me in the request line. Be like, yo, stretch. Lay low, homie. Canada's going low-key gangsta on us. They're rolling in a in a in a El Camino rolling kilo G's what they're doing. Oh man. They're like boys in the hood, but up in the northern hood. I don't get it. They're screwing up my people get in my lane everywhere I go. People jump on my lane. Motocross people jump on my lane all the time. Oh, we got a new podcast. Oh. <laughs> We want to get some podcast money. Yeah, guess what you got? You got some wrenching moto nerds talking on a microphone. They're no stretch out re. They're not about slanging. They can't get on the microphone and talk about slanging. No, they cannot. They got to talk about, and I hit the whoops, and I blasted them, and then I jumped them. Suck it. You know who you are. I'm coming for you, too. I'm bringing Rick Ross with me when I come for you fools as well. Everybody trying to mess with me. Terrestrial radio trying to mess with me. I'll blast you out. I got more listeners than every terrestrial radio station in Los Angeles. Say I don't, bitch. I'll show you the paperwork. MFers. I got Canada slanging cocaine against me. I got the moto industry putting podcasts left and right. We got a streaming podcast vlog. Suck my balls. I'm Stretch Ari. You know who you're messing with when me and Rick Ross and the moto man come rolling through in our Honda 70s. Rick Ross probably not be on a hot 70. I'm not going to lie. He probably going to be in a Bentley. Be in a Rolls Royce Phantom or some, you know, fancy crap like that. But Moto won't. Moto only rides a 70. Everywhere he goes, he rides a 70. It's pouring. The other. It was snowing at the radio station because we're up on the hill. Moto man ride around the 70. He didn't care. He riding a, and he's, he's going gangster because he's rolling uh, on a Honda 70 with his big old backpack stuffed with kilos and a, and a wife beater on. He don't even wear a jacket. That's how gangster Moto Man is. We ain't afraid of you. We ain't afraid of nobody. We're coming. I'm going to smash you. You know what's funny? I could take two people that host a Moto podcast and stand them on each other's shoulders and they'd still be shorter than Stretch. It's weird. Huh. It's the big 4-9. <laughs> coming up next. 
I'm gonna rant about something else. I'm not done. I'm not done ranting yet. No, I'm not. You know what? Next, we're gonna talk about the Loch Ness Monster. People saw the Loch Ness Monster, now they're getting mocked. Some people said that wasn't a Loch Ness Monster, it was a penis. Swear, that's what they said. Talk about this one next. It's the Big Four Nine. Big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Time to check in on your injury report for this weekend in Daytona. And it looks like Monster Energy Kawasaki's Adam C. and Cirillo will not be on the track. They had him listed initially as TBD in the injury report. But then Kawasaki released a report saying, yeah, he's going to forgo round eight at Daytona. So they're taking their time getting Adam back out on the track before he races again. Uh, Joey Savacci, he got banged up in Arlington, but he's going to be racing saying he's hurt. Remember, Dylan Ferrandez is back for sure after being out a few weeks with concussion protocol. And Hardy Munoz, I don't know if you saw that dude. He crashed, and then he got ran the F over. He says he's really sore, but he's in and racing as well. So shout out to everybody that's banged up and back on the bike, and good luck to everybody that's banged up and not yet back on the bike. We'll see you soon. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9. It's a Stretch show. I'm getting more and more sick by the show. As the show goes on, I'm just getting more and more sick. I can feel it. It's riding in. I drank some uh, some bootleg NyQuil here. I couldn't even uh, do cocaine. My nose is so stuffed up right at this point in time. I guess I have to smoke. <laughs> it is so weird. I talk about drugs, and I do not do drugs, and I do not drink alcohol. We're straight-edge fools here at the 4-9. Oh, man. I used to drink a, a lot and have fun. And then I got old and married and lost my will to live. So there you go. Right now, let's talk about Loch Ness Monster. Except for I'm going to tell you, people are already saying it was the Cock Ness Monster. This happened 600 miles from where the lock is in Scotland, where the Loch Ness Monster is, where visitors flock to see Nessie, the Loch Ness Monster. We've all seen the pictures. So imagine those pictures you've seen of what people describe as a long neck dinosaur looking neck and head sticking out of the water in the Loch Ness. There's another picture right now. I'm looking at it. But this one was 600 miles away out of the Loch on they call Somerset Coast. And there was a lady that took video footage of it. And she said she saw the big uh, thing bobbing out of the water. This is what her, her name is, Anna Purse. She was walking with her daughter, Gracie, on Sunday when she says they both spotted the sea monster, which was several feet long. And this is what the mum said. The mum said, uh, me and my six-year-old daughter, Gracie, were just walking along the seafront on Sunday. We're sitting there on the bench by the pier when we look up and we see the big long neck just sticking out of the water. And me daughter Gracie, she says, look, mommy, it's a sea monster. And I'm like, oh, shit, Gracie, it is a sea monster. She took a picture and it was right by the pier. And now this is what I love. People are saying it was a whale floating on its back with a boner. And it was a and they're saying it's a whale. It's it was the cock nest monster, not the Loch Ness monster. People are saying this is a whale boner sticking up out of the water, but I will tell you this, I'm looking at the pictures, grainy as every other damn Loch Ness monster video or photo we've ever seen, 
and it looks, I can see it being a whale cock. Maybe the original Nessie was a whale cock, even though there's not whales in the lock because it's it's a landlocked lake. But hey, this wasn't in the lock. It was 600 miles away from the lock, which could be the cock nest monster. Oh, Nessie's a big old cock nest monster. That's what she is. Yeah, we don't know. I don't know, I think I'm more the crocodile hunter than the English accent, but accents aren't my forte. But I, I do believe there's something weird in this photo. There's something moving around that we can't tell what it is, and it looks a hell of a lot like the Loch Ness Monster. I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of liking what the naysayers, what the haters, what the wet blanket throwing mofos are saying. They're saying it's a whale cock. Just sticking up. Whale had a boner floating around his back. I don't know why he was sunning his balls. I don't know, does he think he's Moto Man or something? Trying to sun his tate, the whale? Is that what it was doing? And by the way, it's a huge schlong if that thing's floating around, putting the boner in the in the sky. It's Justin Barsha whales right there is what it is. But I, I, I don't know. I can't figure this one out. It's Is it the Loch Ness Monster? Got out of the lock and is 600 miles away from home? Is it a whale schlong? Is it some unknown sea monster? Is it a kraken? I don't know, it's something I don't know what it is and it was swimming right by a pier. And this lady and her daughter took pictures of it. Is it some fool with an inflatable toy sticking it up, just popping it in the water? You never know. Could be any of those things. But I love it when there's a Loch Ness monster sighting because to me, if there's any monster that's a figment of everyone's imagination, it's the Loch Ness monster. I, I'll fathom a Bigfoot. I'll fathom a UFO. I've seen a ghost, so I know there's ghosts. But I'll tell you, Loch Ness Monster, that's the one I just don't know. So maybe Loch Ness is just a Cock Ness Monster. Maybe it's just a giant whale floating around with his dog out. Eh, who knows? Not me. All right, coming up next, let's talk to Nate Thrasher. He won the Triple Crown last weekend in Arlington. We'll talk to him coming up on the Big 4-9. Big, 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 the big 49 moto minute brought to you by LBZ. Uh, everybody knows that the big 49 is a huge fan of the big 69, Mr. Ronnie Mac. And I gotta tell you, right now, Ronnie Mac may have outdone himself with the latest video he has got up. It's with Colby Raha. And not only do they go out to Pro Circuit Kawasaki and tell Mitch Payton that all of his riders are hurt right now because they all suck and that Ronnie Mack wants to audition for them in the parking lot, to which Mitch Payton throws them pretty much out of his store. They leave there. They go to a Home Depot. They set up ramps inside a store, and they tried to ride inside a Home Depot to jump a ramp. And I got to think someone's going to get in trouble for this, but it's funny as hell. Get over to the Ronnie Mac YouTube channel and check it out. You will not be sorry you did. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9. It's a Stretch show. I'm going some serious 80s Phil Collins right now. Because I tell you somewhere, somebody was watching this guy. I'm going to go to Florida. Got a dude... I think Phil Collins was there. I think he saw him, and he saw what he did, and he knows what he did last night. Let me back it up a little bit. A guy named Grant Gibson, he's 42 years old. This week has been arrested. He was a manager of a Buffalo Wild Wings. And now, let me tell you something, what an honor that would be. Here I am. I live in Florida. Beautiful weather, sunny and nice. 
I'm the manager of Buffalo Wild Wings. You know what that means? That means I get paid pretty well. You know what else that means? That means I get free wings, bitch. All the wings I want. I got wings for days. I go home with some wings every night. I'm just a wing man. I just sprinkle people with wings. I walk down the street and like wings fall out of my butt crack. Be like, oh, wings for you. Oh, wings for you. I'm hooking people up with wings, but no, no, no. Mr. Gibson apparently, according to the story, was not just happy with having free unlimited wings. No, he was not. What is wrong with this man? People always want more. They always want more. I can't have enough. I got a great life living down here in Largo at the Buffalo Wild Wings with my free wings for life, bitch. Yeah, I do. But no, I need more. I need so much more. Apparently, he starts shaving a little money off the top, according to the police report. They say they know of $73,000 that Mr. Gibson allegedly shaved off the top of the, the cash flow there. So he was getting wings and cash, all the wings and cash you could have. Now, that's an even better job. The only problem is, it's how you end up in jail. He'd worked as his general manager since August of 2021, when another store manager was transferred to the restaurant in July 22 to help the manager almost immediately noticed that the change order payments that were ordered from Gibson and delivered by Brinks were not recorded and the safe counts were off. Whoopsie. Says what happened. Uh, Mr. Wildwing, he's like, you know what? My packages, my packages from the Largo store, they're a little light. Mikey, I need you to go down to Largo and see what's going on down there. So Mikey rolls down. He's like, well, everybody taking wings. He's like, it's a perk of the job, Mikey. Tell me about my freaking money. And Mikey said, hey, I think these payments don't match up. I think they're a little light. I don't think this guy's reporting all the cash. So they began reviewing the safe counts and they found about 32 different times in which change order payments from the bank were not recorded and the money was missing. Uh-oh. The total amount of money missing was $72,820. The location of the crime lists the Omerton Road uh, Buffalo Wild Wings restaurant. Review of surveillance footage from the restaurant found at least two times when Gibson pocketed large sums of cash from the change order and walked out of the restaurant with the money. So trust me, we're getting them for $72,820 they know about. When he just grabbed a handful of cash and walked out, they don't know about that. Oh, hell no! You had a good life, Mr. Gibson. I would say you had a great life living in Florida. Just farting wings everywhere. Oh, look at that. Lemon pepper. Oh, garlic. Hot. Atomic hot. Super duper hot. Burn my dick off hot. I got all the flavors of wings. You know why? Because I'm the wing pepper Largo, bitch. That's what he was saying. Yeah, that's what he was saying, Mr. Gibson. And apparently he needed more. He needed more. You know what he wanted? He heard about the stretch on Reed rolling through Florida with his friend Rick Ross in a Bentley. And he's like, you know what? I need a Bentley like that. I need to get a Rolls Royce Phantom like that. I need to roll out pimp style like those boys are doing. But you're not a pimp. You're a, you're a wingslinger. Not a wingslinger. But he wanted the money. He was stealing the cash flow. Now he's up on charges. We'll see if he did it. We'll see if he gets convicted. I got a feeling maybe he did. I don't know. The evidence is pointing that way. 
That's not right. Can't be stealing from Buffalo Wild Wings. That's the extra fence. And, Your Honor, uh, the money was stolen from a Buffalo Wild Wings. What the F are you insane? Yeah, that's what the judge is going to say. All right, coming up next, let's talk to Jordan Smith, star racing Yamaha. Got a good story. Good dude. Talk to him next. Having a great season. It's the Big 49. Big 49. Big 49. It is stretch, and right now we are sitting down with the dude that comes in second place tonight in Arlington, Texas, after coming in 15th place at the second round of the 250 East and getting on the podium in the first round. It's got to be nice to be back on the box. Jordan Smith, that's who I'm talking about from the Star Racing Yamaha crew. And Jordan, I know you've been through a lot in the last uh, couple of years or so, so how great does it feel? To have, you're having a really good season. Two out of three races on the box and looking good. Uh, is it like a vindication or just a good feeling? Like walk us through uh, how you're feeling right now after getting back on the podium tonight here in Arlington at a triple crown, nonetheless. Yeah, it's good. I mean, uh, yeah, the last few years have been tough for me. I mean, yeah. really, the last four or five years, and it's been uh, a lot of low moments. But uh, it's it's good to come back out here and and get a one of the race wins today and and yeah. finish second. So, um, you know, I, I just try to forget about all that. But then after the race, it's, it's nice to be back up here and talking to you guys again. You know, <laughs> nice. so. Um, it's ta it's taken the whole team to do it, you know. It's taken, you know, my family, my friends, uh, doctors, therapists, everything to get me back up here, and I yeah. uh, couldn't do it without without any of them. So, yeah. um, really happy and and just thankful to to be back up here and still be racing a dirt bike. Yeah, and, and we're glad to see you, and I love the rejuvenation that you've got, and seeing you just get results this season has been awesome. So <clears throat> congratulations to you and that entire team, everybody you just mentioned there, for doing a great job. Let's talk about this, though. Kind of a hairball moment. You're in the main event number three of a Triple Crown. You know where you are, and then you crash, and at that point, I imagine in your head you're – trying to think like, all right, who do I have to pass? Who do I have to catch? Who got me? Like, what's going through your mind after a crash in that third main event, which kind of had to scramble your brain a little bit when it came to where you were now going to fall in the overalls because we're racing a triple crown? Yeah, I was. Um, after I <laughs> fell with Michael under the tunnel there, yeah. I didn't know who got around me. Okay. And uh, it was pretty easy before that. I knew that if I wanted to win, I needed to catch Nate. And I was just kind of yeah. getting stuck behind Michael and uh, – so we went down, didn't know who got around me. So uh, coming back, I still knew Nate was up front. So I was trying to look. I knew the only other really <laughs> close person uh, was Hunter and um, yeah. Anstey. Yeah. And I was trying to look at the board to see if Anstey was in front of me or not and wasn't sure. There was a red-ish color up there, and I thought <laughs> it was him, but it was Vial. Oh, wow. So then I see a red jersey down the whoops, which was Nate, and I'm like, okay. well, if I get him, I win. So uh, I was just like trying to push and then um, wow. kind of was like maybe a second or so back and then uh, tried to make a, like a pretty good run through the whoops and see if I could close up on him yeah. and, and crash on the last lap oh. going through the whoops. So it was pretty chaotic out there. The track was gnarly and like yeah. just really breaking down it. Like they were prepping a lot, but yeah. the, like the lines were still there underneath that, that they had prepped. So it, yeah. it got tough and, and very tricky to ride. 
All right, uh, Jordan, how about this? You, you've got a, like, a, it's a bit an up-down. You've had three races. You get on the podium in the first race. Second race, you end up 15th, uh, not a good night. And then tonight, here you are in second place. So what do you think the positives and negatives are so far this season for you uh, aboard that Star Racing Yamaha? Yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of a lot of positives. I feel like uh, throughout the day, practice, all that stuff, I'm yeah. riding better than I ever have. Um, okay. The bike's great. We've really just been making very minimal changes from from race to race and uh starts are good so um there's been a lot of positives on the podium two out of three rounds good and uh yeah tampa just had an unfortunate you know into tampa and didn't get to finish the race so um that was a bummer but uh yeah it's just it's it's been good it's about what i expected for the start of the season and and we can just keep building and see if we can get the top step of the podium i mean that's where i kind of said after houston and now we've got to second so now it's just trying to get that win and uh, jordan i have to think that another massive positive has to be you got a a main event win tonight i know it's a triple crown so it's not like all right i got the overall win but yet you won a main event and that is saying something in this sport and i know it's been a while since you've had one of those so that has to feel really really good yeah absolutely i mean uh like you said it's been a long time since i really won anything (laughs) so it's uh it feels good to get that win and um it's just like whenever i'm running up front right now i feel like a rookie again a little (laughs) bit or just like i haven't been because it's been so long you know so i I didn't even really ride that good in that main uh like i do in practice and stuff so uh definitely got to get better at just kind of riding looser and ride my own race up there but uh yeah i mean like I said before, it's just been such a long road for me uh, with so many heartbreaks. And um, in this stadium, yeah. two years ago, I was on a PC bike and dislocated my shoulder and oh. was going to be out for six months. And uh. it just was yeah. the low point in my career. So uh, okay. to come back and, and get a race win and second on the podium, I mean, it's just it's awesome. All right. Now let's talk about the Triple Crown in general. Most people don't like the Triple Crowns. I know the fans like the Triple Crowns, kind of, even though it's hard being a fan. And when you're a dumbass like me and you're doing math and you're like, I, I don't know. And it's not the high score. It's the low score. It, it's confusing for everyone involved. Where do you stand on Triple Crowns? I like them, don't like them. What do you think? I think it um, in the 250 class especially, I think that it uh, favors the more veteran guys just because it's the three races but uh i'm not a huge fan of it with how much like intensity it is with like the three starts with all the guys there you know and more racing so it's it's definitely a tougher night but uh i think like i said it it plays into the guys that have been here longer doing it longer and are more um experienced and speaking of more experience, we're going into Daytona next week, right after a triple crown, and then you're going back into another just regular old Supercross in Indy, Indy after that. So uh, how do you prepare for all of this? How do you practice? How do you get ready? Being a veteran guy, it seems like that's going to help you a little bit going into Daytona and bouncing around all these different styles within the Supercross season. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's little differences, I think, but not anything crazy. I think that okay. we pretty much throughout the offseason prepare for everything that we're going to have to face during the season yeah and so we're pretty much ready for you know whatever it is um like we we know in october whenever we start riding supercross that we're going to have three or the the whole season is going to have three triple crowns so um we do some triple crown motos some days we do longer motos Uh, i think we're pretty prepared 
in the offseason that during the week we don't really have to do a whole lot different. All right. Well, Jordan Smith, man, it's good to see you back on the podium and looking good and having a great season. We're excited for you. We're rooting for you, man, and I think it is absolutely awesome. So congratulations to you and that Star Racing Yamaha crew and everybody on your you know personal team that uh, has gotten you to this point. So it's fun to watch. Best of luck to you next week when we roll into Daytona, and hopefully we'll get you back on the box and talk to you after the race there in Florida as well. I am Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. The HRC Honda team has been down in Florida all week long, putting in the hard work to get their bikes back to winning because last week in Arlington, it was the first time this season that a Honda wasn't number one on the podium in either the 250 or the 450 class. First time this season. So they are ready to win again, and they have been dialing in those bikes and getting ready for Daytona. Look for Chase Sexton and Hunter Lawrence to be fired up and ready to roll. Not to mention you got Chance Hymas out there and our friend Colt Nichols as well. So get ready for Honda to come back to the podium, and they want to get on the top this week. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9, it is a stretch show on a Friday. Don't forget Moto Man coming up at 3 o'clock. Kyle will be in the house. They'll be talking moto music, all kinds of stuff, kicking down the rock and roll request that you got. Uh, you can always call us 866-49-BIG-49. Got a song you want to hear, something you don't want to hear, call them. Those knuckleheads answer the phone, and they'll do whatever you tell them to do. They're live at 3 o'clock today, right here on the 4-9. Then tomorrow, it is... Saturday, it is race day. 2 p.m. is when the coverage will begin on the 49 at 4 p.m. Pacific time tomorrow, right here in Southern California. That's the time of the gate drop, which will be at Daytona, Florida. So, they're three hours ahead. They got a 5 p.m. gate drop at Daytona in Florida, and we will be on the call at 4 p.m. So, 2 p.m., now, it's it's crazy. I'll be honest with you. I I don't know. 2 p.m. we start at 4 p.m., which is 7 p.m. is when the gate drops. So at 4 p.m. our time it starts. It's, it's confusing as all hell. The Supercross changes because it goes in different time zones. And then they have different start times from race to race to race. And it gets a little confusing. So all of that is going down tomorrow here on the 49. Moto and Kyle are today. I am right now, but I am uh, rolling into the final hour here very, very shortly. But before I go, I got to tell you something. Now, I had not heard about this. This was news to me, so I figured I got to pass it along to all my friends. Did you guys know there was Nazis running around? There was Nazis running around. That's right. Those pesky Nazis. They were running around right here in California, and this rolled all the way down into Riverside County. I did not know about this. Fresno Police announced on Wednesday that they arrested five uh, people after a series of bombings in Fresno. So there were Nazis running around blowing crap up in Fresno. Five bombings in Fresno by Nazis. Did you know this? Because I did not know about this. Now, once they started uh, rounding these guys up, they had a task force of local police and FBI agents they started arresting people. They seized bomb-making components, firearms, of course, meth, and white supremacist paraphernalia, including Nazi flags. 
They say the investigation ranged as far as Riverside County, where Scott Anderson, 44 years old, the suspected bomber, was arrested, along with Frank Rocha, 56 years old. Two other men are also in custody after they were arrested in Fresno. Stephen Burkett, 51, Paul New, 55, also arrested, was Amanda Sanders, 41. They said at a press conference to downtown Fresno Police Headquarters, I don't know why they were blowing up, why are they rolling out of the IE and going up to Fresno and blowing crap up? Uh, they said investigators are trying to ascertain if Anderson or the other four are linked directly to known white supremacist groups. So maybe they're not Nazis. Maybe they're falsely accusing these guys who just like blowing crap up of being Nazis. I don't know, but they had a Nazi flag. Here's their bombing spree. They uh, put a bomb in a car in January 8th of this year up in Fresno. They put a bomb in a mailbox on January 27th this year up in Fresno. Put another bomb in a car in uh, January 27th. So they blew up a mailbox and a car on January 27th. They went twofer. Then they blew up another car on February 19th. And then they blew up another car in Fresno. Uh, oh, a car at the Fresno County Probation Office on February 21st. At that point, I think they already had a good idea of who they were dealing with. They were probably sitting back, and then once they went to the probation office and blew up a car, they're like, all right, it's time to round these guys up. They say Anderson, who has a criminal record that includes being a felon in possession of a firearm, is accused of detonating an explosive device in possession of firearms. Rocha is accused of possession of bomb-making materials. Burkett is facing charges of possession of firearms and ammunition as a felon. New is facing charges of possessing firearms and explosives as a convicted felon. And Sanders was charged with possession of methamphetamine. Getting her tweak on. Yeah, they say it's too early in the investigation to determine whether a hate crime has been committed or if they even had one plan. They're thinking these were just some fun-loving Nazis that like to blow crap up and they're blowing up crap in Fresno with a massive amount of frequency. So they had to be apprehended. That's why the FBI came in. Yeah, they say they have a solid case and some very dangerous people, according to the feds, say the fact that they targeted a law enforcement vehicle was very concerning. Yeah, and this is the FBI talking now. Uh, they say frequently recorded their crimes by video and location from electronic devices that confirms they are indeed responsible for these bombings. Yeah, the target on January 8th bombing was a Dodge Challenger damaged by an explosive device under the trunk. Yeah, Fresno police detectives obtained a so-called geofence warrant, which was sent to Google. That in turn identified two electronic devices present at the explosion site. According to the complaint, the accounts belonged to Anderson that led detectives to a house in uh, West Dryer Avenue where Anderson lived. Finally, detectives searched the house on Dyer Avenue and reportedly recovered an AR-15, a rifle, and a Springfield 45 caliber pistol. So they're calling these guys Nazis, even though I don't know if it's a hate crime or if they just like blowing stuff up, but then they went and blew up a law enforcement vehicle. You got a little brazen there, and then you got pinched by the popo. When you fight the law, the law wins. I know that. That's why you gotta be really smart. You're gonna sign cocaine, or methamphetamine, or you're gonna blow up a car. Or you're going to be a fun-loving Nazi that just likes to blow stuff up but not commit hate crimes? Could happen. Why, you got a Nazi flag? Were you just a collector? You know who was a collector of Nazi memorabilia? Here's a really good story. Lemmy. Remember Lemmy from Motorhead? 
Apparently, when Lemmy died, they went into his house, and Lemmy wasn't a Nazi or a Nazi lover. He apparently just collected World War II memorabilia, and he had a crap load of, like, authentic Nazi stuff. That's a true story, and he lived in an apartment in Hollywood. Lemmy was a rock god up until the day he died. Lemmy freaking partied like a rock star because he was a rock star, and the dude just threw it down. And he had this apartment in Hollywood, and every night he went out, and he jammed, and he played, and he drank, and he partied. And he'd go back to his apartment with chicks and bang out some uh, hoes in his house that had tons of Nazi paraphernalia in it. That is the true story that I heard from from an individual that lived in the same building as Lemmy. That when uh, After Lemmy died, they were clearing stuff out. They're like, man, look at all this Nazi crap he has. But they think he was just a collector. He wasn't like some crazy right wing or, you know, nut job. He was just a, a, a collector of World War II stuff. Pretty weird. I've heard that. That's a true story. I heard that. I'm not saying I know it's the gospel truth, but I did hear that from a reliable source once upon a time. So there you go. So maybe they weren't Nazis. Maybe they just had a Nazi flag. They like blowing stuff up. I don't know. But I didn't hear about this. Dudes blew up five things in Fresno, and this is the first I heard of it. I'm Stretch. Let's get up out of here. You know, do a moto interview, and then we'll bounce. This is the Big 49. Big49radio.com. Mining for gold in the hearts of rich widows everywhere. Don't judge us. We got to keep the lights on. Besides, Moto Man loves to break off a bite of the sweetest of all delicacies, the gray clam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A big, big Big, big taste in a big, big bite. Big 4-9, it's a stretch show. Time to get up out of here. Shout out to the 250 East podium of the Arlington Supercross. Number one being Mr. Nate Thrasher. Number two being Mr. Jordan Smith, both of the Star Racing Yamaha crew. And then Hunter Lawrence, red plate holder and all-around ass kicker coming in third place in Arlington. We'll see what they do this week as we head into Daytona. 250s. I don't know if you've seen the sand section. It's gnarly as a mofo. Got a long whoops sand section with a big old 90 degree turn in the sand back through another whoops section all the way out down this next straightaway. All sand. And you are going to have some smoke 250 clutches in that area, I predict, because that sand is deep. And we've seen how gnarly it's been so far this year, and I anticipate it being equally gnarly. It's a big track, very outdoors. Like a, it's literally an outdoor supercross hybrid track is what you get whenever you race Daytona. And, and the stuff I've seen, in some sections, they damn near look like they're gravel. Like, I'm like, is that gra- They got a sand section? They got gravel? I don't know. We'll find out. We will be up bright and early on Saturday morning where we will watch the qualifying and we will have all the info to report to you when we crack the microphones at 2 p.m. Pacific time tomorrow. Please join us. We will do it all live right here on the 49 and then wrap up each race right after it happens and let you know what just went down. When we're back to regular Supercross format, heat races, main events, bam, 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 done. Gotta love the Supercross. Gotta love this sport. Gotta love these guys, man. Gotta love these kids. Shout out once again to all three guys that we got to talk to today on the show. We are very grateful to be a part of everything and to just be led into the door. So, thank you. Don't forget, The Stretch Show is on podcast. If you missed any of it, you can get it anywhere podcasts are served. 
And you can also get your ass up onto the big49.com. And when you get there, you got the vlog over there. You got Moto News, all kinds of crap. Today at 3 o'clock, Moto Man is here. Kyle in the house with him. And then the whole crew back tomorrow. Moto Man, Jason from HYR, Kyle, myself. I'll talk to you then. Until then, God bless you all, my friends. God bless the United States of America.